Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likuti Halachas, Yoradeya, Chelek Aleph, Hilchais Noisein Tam Levgam, Halacha Aleph, from the beginning. We dedicate the learning today, Lilu Nishmas Tuvia Barbisrol Yitzchak, Yirachmiel Daniel Ben Gedalia, Rosa Basi Tamar, and also for a complete Rufua Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Baskalia, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, Avigail Brochaba Shira Dvoira, Shira Dvoira Bas Miriam, Yosef Avrom Eliezer Nisim Ben Pesia, Jonas Ben Hilda, Leirena Bas Aviva, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, Shimon Zvulan Ben Soralea, Mazel Bas Zahava, Rus Alexandra Esther Chaya Bas Luna Patricia, Yehuda Ben Soramaya, Chaim Ben Rachel, Chana Bas Hadassah Shendel, Shlomo Nisim Ben Mazel, Avram David Ben Chana, Hindachasa Baschana, Miriam Esther Basorigitl, Nisim Ben Rivka, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Tuvietzvi Ben Chayaliza, Eitan Yoel Ben Edna, Ruvain Chaim Ben Chana Elka, Ami Ben Chai Ben Yehuda Skila, Besoich Shar Choyle Yisrael. Alpia Toyra Tfila Lechavakuk, Besimen Yutes, Hanizkeres Leel, Belchashchita Halachabeis. This halacha will be based on chapter 19 in Likuti Moran, which we mentioned is, is discussed throughout Yoridea many times and has also been mentioned earlier in Hilcha Shechita, halacha beis. Ki ikr ha-maichol hu hatam sheboi. The essence of a food is the taste of the food. Kimavur le'el b'ilchaz taruvois, as Rav Nosanzal discussed this earlier, in Hilchas Taruvoy Saloch Aleph, Ki Hatam Hu Bechina Soisius Hadibur Shel Shlemus Loshna Kodesh. The taste corresponds to the letters, the holy letters of Loshna Kodesh, Shehu Iker Chius Hamachol, which is the source of the spiritual energy of the food. Every single, we know the Possek says, Bidvar Hashem Shamayim Nasu that Hashem created heaven and earth and everything in them with dibur, with his speech. And all the foods that we eat, the, the life-giving energy in the food is the letters of Loshen Kodesh that are found in the food. Kitam Loshen Dibur. Rab Zal says here, as he mentioned also earlier in Mikut HaLochis, that Tam, taste, the word, the Hebrew word tam is associated with speech. as we find, when, when Novel acted very disrespectfully to Dovra Melech, and Dovra Melech thought of killing him, and Avigail, Novel's wife, spoke up and defended Novel. Not so much defended him, but she pleaded with Dovra Melech, don't get yourself in trouble by killing him. So when she ended her speech, Dovar HaMelech said, Uboruch Tamech, blessed are your words. Meaning he understood that what she said was correct. So we see that Tam is associated with Dibur. V'yalkein, kishahatam pogum, ein boi koyach v'chius, ve'eno yochor le'esor. And therefore, when taste is damaged or spoiled, it doesn't have the power, the life energy, to make something forbidden. 
כי אין כוח באיסור לאסור, כשיש בו כוח וחיוס. Because something that's forbidden, something that's non-kosher, can only mess up something else if it has power, if it has energy. Which means it's still drawing life from, from, the, from holiness. From the letters of Loshen Kodesh. Which is the taste inside that food. However, when the taste, which is the, the, represents the life energy of the food, when the taste leaves, it's no longer there, then that food item no longer has power, and cannot make something else treif. If that food falls into kosher food, it cannot make it treif. And therefore, we have this famous rule in the Gemara and in Halacha, Noisein Tam Levgam Mutter. That when the taste that's inside of something is not benefiting, is not improving it in any way, but rather it's the opposite, it's having a negative effect, then that is not con- no longer considered non-kosher. If it's a non-kosher item, it cannot make something else forbidden, as we'll see. The general example we're referring to here is, if I have a pot in which I cooked tray food, and that pot absorbed some of that tray f- absorption, if I, don't, if I wash that f- pot and clean it, and I don't use it for 24 hours, the Gemara tells us the absorption inside that pot after a 24-hour period, even if it comes out, if you cook something else now in that pot, and, and by heating up the pot, the taste that was absorbed in the pot is going to come out, it's no longer going to improve the food that you're cooking in it. On the contrary, it's going to be noisein tam levgam. If it adds any taste, it's going to be to harm that food that you cook in it, not to improve it in any way. And with this we understand the law regarding a pot that has not been used within 24 hours, whereby the Gemara and the Halacha tell us that from that point on, if any taste that was absorbed in that pot comes out, it will, it will it'll only do harm. And therefore, it does not mess up any kosher food that you cook in that pot now. Because the words of Lashon Kodesh, which are what give energy, life, and taste into all foods, those words, that dibur, can be compared to days, measurements, and vessels. Bibichinas, as the Pasuk says, Yoim leyoim yabia oimer, One day to another day gives forth words, speech, and one, a night to a night speaks. Yechav also speaks. Shehu hadibur shaloshna koidesh. And Rabbi Nezal in chapter 19 in Likut Imran shows that this is referring to the words of Loshna Kodesh. 
especially the words which Hashem used to create the world, the ten statements of creation. And this is what we also we heard from Rabbi Nezal, that every single day has a unique, different Shefa from the day before it and the day after it. Ki HaShefa, because the flow of abundance, the flow of bounty coming from Hashem down to earth, Shehitchila Bebechinas Oimer, which starts off in the form of Oimer. The Sifrei Kabbalah tell us that the word Oimer, the Aleph stands for Oyer, the Mem is Mayim, and the Resh is Ruach. That when, when life, when light starts off in heaven, it starts off in the form of light. When it becomes more physical, it, it, it becomes water. And when it becomes still more physical, it turns into ruach. And then it comes down to earth and it turns into physical matter, whether it be dirt, whether it be trees, plants, anything. And then it takes on the form of days and specifically things that can be quantified. Mido is things that can be quantified. Bebechinas, as the Pesach says, Yoim Yoim Yabia Oimer, showing that the Dibur is synonymous with days and nights. Just like days and nights are measurements of time, they're kalim, a day is a keli, it's a vessel of time. So too, so too the taste Inside these foods is all speech. Speech is also a keli. And therefore, the shefa of each and every day is different from from other days, because each and every day Hashem used different words to create that day. And this will explain, explain the concept of food spoiling when it's left from one day to the next day. Food will generally spoil when we leave it from one day to the next. Because the main strength of, of all foods is generally on the day, on the day that that food is prepared. And the more that the taste becomes more physical, more, more tangible down here on earth, and it becomes cloaked in more gashmius, who noifel beyoiser tachas hazman. It falls more and more under the control of time, shehem hayomim, which is measured by days. Meaning, the more that a physical food is left to remain in this world, and the materialistic forces take over, are, are, are interacting with it, the more gashmi that food becomes. and therefore, kishahatam nivla kli, when taste gets absorbed into a vessel, 
به مدریگه هت تختاینا شئین آید مدریگه و مرتمی منو رب ناسنزال اکسپلینز when the taste when I'm cooking chicken soup in a pot and the taste of that chicken soup gets absorbed in the pot at that point that taste has reached rock bottom it's in the lowest place where it cannot go any lower meaning that it's, it, it has it has become attached to super physicality, to this pot, this piece of metal. Because, for example, when I have a piece of fish, and the fish has just been broiled or cooked, and that fish, piece of fish is in a plate, so long as the taste of that fish is inside the fish itself, it still is on a level of pnimius and moichem. It's inside. It's something spiritual in a sense. Compared to the keli, compared to the plate, the dish that that piece of fish is sitting in. Ki hakli Because the dish is secondary to the food. The only reason I'm using the plate is because I want to eat the food. The food is what's important and significant. In order to eat food properly, you have to put it in a plate. And therefore now, when the taste of that fish gets absorbed into that, it's inside the plate, it's absorbed inside the plate, Azai nifgam tekef when that taste is sitting inside that plate for 24 hours, it becomes damaged. Because the plate or the pot is like days or like measurements. Because days are vessels of time. And therefore, the taste that's inside that keli becomes damaged in the new day, when there's a new day. Rav Zal here is speaking in spiritual terms. In other words, days are kalim. Days, weeks, months are kalim. Time, time itself is something that's intangible. Time is something spiritual. It, it's measured in days, hours, units, etc., etc., so the days and the hours, all of that, is a keli, is a keli. And, and Rav Nelson Zal is showing us here also that the, the kalim that we use for food are also kalim. So just like time works on food and it lessens, it, it spoils the food, so too a keli, when the, when, the, the, when the time of the food is absorbed in a keli, the keli also lessens, damages the, the food that's in it, the taste of the food. Question in the chat, but modern nutrition would say that the main value of food is its nutritional value, and the taste is something secondary. The answer is that the term taste here doesn't mean only the physical taste. It means the essence of the food, which means also its nutritional value. On a completely spiritual val- level, it's the nutritional value of the food. It takes on the form of the taste of that food. We know, for example, citrus fruits. 
people know that citrus fruits are associated with vitamin C. And it has a certain kind of a taste, the, the citricity. And, and when a person takes vitamin C, unless it's cloaked with something, it has that similar type of taste. It's something that's recognizable by the taste. And this is related to the concept of trust. Trust in Hashem. A Jew has to trust in Hashem. And based on that, we're not allowed to worry or think or plan from one day to the next day. Because as Rabbi Nezal explains in chapter 16, Bitochim, when a person puts their complete trust in Hashem, that I know I don't have to worry about what I'm going to have later or tomorrow. I know as long as Hashem is alive, there's, there's Shefa, there's food, there's, there's what, what, what I need is, is available, it exists. So Rabbi Nezal says that Bitochen is the completion of the Shefa, just like Cooking something is the completion of that item. Cooking a potato is the completion of that. Before it's cooked, we can't really eat it. Rabbi Nezal explains there that the people in the generation that are to have real bitochim, they are the ones that give birth, that produce the shefa in a sense. They are compared like the, the kidneys Shehem Nekrois Batuchois, where we find in certain places in the Torah, in Tehillim chapter 51, the term Batuchois is used, and Rashi says it means the kidneys, which are the, which perform the final development of the, the food that we eat and the seed that's produced. Shalidei Habitochoin Nigmar Venezbashel Hashefa. It's by a person placing complete trust and faith in Hashem, that's what completes and, and ripens the Shefa that the person needs. And the main cooking, finalization of Shefa is through Bitochen, through is accomplished by the perfection of Loshna Kodesh, Shehi Bechinas Isha, which Rabbi Nezal shows there in chapter 19, is associated with the woman. Bechinas, as the Pesach says in Eishes Chayel, Botach Bo Leiv Baalo. She carries inside of her bitochen, trust and faith in her husband. Ayin Shom, take a look over there in Torah Samach. V'alkein, and therefore, these forum tell us that one of the most basic and clear ways that a person shows bitochem is by not worrying today about tomorrow. Because bitochem, which we mentioned, Rabbi Nezal says, is associated with perfection of Loshna Kodesh, that, that's associated with days. One day to another day speaks. When we say that Bitochen is associated with Loshna Kodesh, 
one of the things that it, it means, obviously, is tefillah. That when a person speaks to Hashem, when a person prays to Hashem for Shefa, we're showing that we're putting our faith and trust in Hashem. I'm not asking anybody else. I'm asking Hashem to provide my needs because I know that Hashem is the one that provides everything that we have. And this is why the Mogan Avram writes in chapter 157 in Shulchan Aruch, quoting the Zohar HaKadosh, it's forbidden for a person to cook today for tomorrow. Because the main, what's forbidden here is waiting from today till tomorrow. You know, it's cooking food, the food is ready today, and I'm going to wait to eat it tomorrow. That's an example of a pegamen bitochen who beyoiser behabisho. And that applies most to the cooking, to that final processing of the food. Ki habisho hu bebechinas bitochen. Because we said, as we said before, bisho is bitochen. Ki habitochen hu bechinas bisho. Because bitochen is the final process of finalizing the shefa from Hashem. Bechinas kloyos, like the kidneys. Shehem clay habisho. They complete the development of the zera. Shenikroin batuchois. And we know that in the Torah, another word for kloyois is batuchois. Vialkin and therefore, hamon, the mon which the Jews ate in the, during the 40 years that they were in the desert. Sheikir yiridosoi hoyo bebitochin. Kayodua. And, and what, what, what guaranteed that the mon would arrive every day was the Jews putting their trust in Hashem. And therefore this required major, major bitochen. You're in the desert, there's no trees, there's no vegetation, there's no agriculture. And the Torah makes it clear that they were not allowed to leave over the mon for tomorrow, for the next day. And when they did that, it spoiled completely. As the Pesach says, that worms came into it and it, it, it developed a bad smell. And this is why, interestingly, the mon did not require any processing, any cooking afterwards. Because it was completed 100% through the solid bitochen that the Jews had at that time. Because bitochen, this complete, pure trust in Hashem, is like cooking. That's the, that's the final touch. That's what really completes the Shefa. So I guess on Shabbos, when we do save food for the next day, there's a, there's a special shmira that, that, that this doesn't happen on Shabbos. When, when our intention in preparing the food is that we're preparing it for Shabbos, we're not preparing it for Friday. It's not that we're preparing this food for Friday and leaving it over for Shabbos. We're cooking on Friday or even on Thursday for Shabbos. We're making it perfectly clear up front that this is for Shabbos. 
then it has this shmirah, it has this protection for sure. A question now that we have such modern inventions as refrigerators, freezers, savings accounts, would, would Reb Nosenzal even advocate now cooking every day fresh and not saving any money for the future? The answer is that these are examples where this modernization unfortunately ends up challenging and weakening our emun and Hashem. Prior to this modernization, it was much more clear and obvious to everyone how dependent we were on Hashem, how much we had to work on our emuna and bitochen. Now, I'm not worried. I have enough meat in my freezer for the next six months. Hashem, you can worry about other people. You don't have to worry about me. I'm, I'm covered. I'm taken care of. Chas v'shon. You know, it becomes more difficult in a sense. We're not saying that a person shouldn't use refrigerators, etc. But in the process of preparing food and storing food, to keep this in mind, to try extra hard not to forget the most important factor, the Hashem factor. Because there are people who felt secure with their freezers and everything, and then Rahman al-Islam, the freezer broke, and they lost $12,000 worth of meat, you know, etc., etc. Because they put their bitachin in the freezer instead of praying Tashem, instead of knowing that with the freezer, with my savings account, I am not, I do not put my trust on the American money. They write, in God we trust. My, not, we, we know that men, many of those people don't do that. Their trust is in the dollar or the euro or those things. But we have to train ourselves to put our trust completely and only in Hashem. I sleep at night when I say Kriyashma before I go to sleep at night and I put my faith and trust in Hashem. I don't say I, I sleep well at night because I know my money is in this person's hands. Or it's in the bank, it's in the vault, etc. Baruch Hashem. These halachas, if you recall, we mentioned the earlier the halacha Aleph, halacha Beis, especially in Yoridea, Rav Nosenzal wrote this very early in his career. He wrote this halacha while Rav Nosenzal was living. That's why he says, Rav Nosenzal, and his style of writing is different. It's much shorter, less explanatory in a sense. So if, it, if you, and he's assuming more so that you, you know the Likutei Moran that he's basing it on. Again, another explanation regarding this concept that when the taste that's coming out of the pot or out of the plate is damaging the food that you have in it, then it does not make it trafe. Rabbein tells us in chapter 68 in Likutim Aran that there's no such thing as giving up hope. V'afilu b'sho'el tachtiyas yechoyelen l'hachyos atzmoi u'leskarav l'ashem isborach. And even if the person is in the lowest, lowest places spiritually, they still have the ability to come close to Hashem and to turn themselves on. U'bozeh b'yatzmoi roi l'odom l'hachyos atzmoi and the fact that a person realizes that they're far from Hashem 
that itself should give the person encouragement. Because it's possible for a person to become so far from Hashem that the person no longer realizes that they're far from Hashem. The Gemara says, When a person does an Avera once or twice, they feel, it feels strange. It feels wrong. The Gemara says, if when the person repeats it, the person repeats the sin, it becomes permissible. They forget that it's forbidden. There's no ouch. The person doesn't feel that there's anything wrong. Rabbi Nizal refers to that as hastora and hastora shebetoy hastora, two levels. And since the person does realize the truth that he's very, very far from Hashem, even though that's actually true, it's 100% true, despite that, the fact that this person recognizes the truth, that itself should give that person encouragement and that person can return to Hashem, can do tshuva. All of this is also related to chapter 7 in the second half of Likut Imran. Take a look at what Rabbi Nezal explains there. That the tzaddik is the one who gives Torah and life and encouragement to people who are on a very high level, the Dori Mala, and to the Dori Mata, people who are on a very low level. Kiyesh Dori Mata, Rabbi Nezal explains over there in the Kutimran what these two levels are. The tzaddik gives encouragement to those people who are on a very low level by broadcasting the message that Hashem's kavod is everywhere. Meloi chol ha'oretz. Even in artsius, even in earthliness, even in the epitome of earthliness, Hashem is there. Bechinas ha'kitsu v'ranenu shoich ne'ofor. And as the Pasuk also says, wake up and sing, you who are lying in the dirt. That even for them, there is chizuk, there is encouragement. Ayin Sham, take a look over there in Likut Imran. V'zeh b'chinas noisein tam levgam shehitira ha-toira. Ki afilu isur gomor. Because even something that's 100% treif, non-kosher, kishen iskalkel, when, when the when that spoils, at she'en boy shum tam, to the point where it's tasteless, v'hu pogum legamri, and it's completely damaged, eno yochoi leser, that no longer has the ability to make something else treif. Ki nechshav ke'afra bi'alma, because it's considered like dirt. It's not considered pork or something, it's considered like dirt. Ki be'emes, because Rabbi Nelson Zal says now, the truth is, when something is not kosher, 
when something is forbidden, that's klipa, that's associated with the klipois that have no taste. Bebechinas, as the Pasuk says in the Eoiv, im yesh tam berir chalomus, is there any taste in this thing, rir chalomus, which means something, again, that's non-kosher? Ki ikar hatam nimshach mebechinas hatoiv, because the whole concept of taste comes from goodness. Bebechinas, as the Pasuk says, Taste, and you will see that Hashem is good. And therefore, the closer something is to holiness, the more it has better taste. It tastes better. And this explains why the Torah tells us that Mon was able to taste like many different things. Because the Mon was a very, very holy type of food. Because as the Arizal explains in his Sefer Likutei Torah, the Mon was something that was associated with a very high level of das, like Moshe Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu Zal speaks about this also in chapter 56 on the Kutimran. Umachmas oitzim kidushosoi, and because it was so holy, alkein hoyotam oitoi b'yoser. That's why it tasted like the best of foods. It could taste, it had multi-taste. Vayokolo mikol hatamem sheboilam. It was a composite of all the different types of taste in the world. And that's why the Gemara says in Shabbos, Food that's being prepared for Shabbos smells delicious. It gives forth a very outstanding, delicious smell. And the taste of foods that are prepared for Shabbos is much better than the foods prepared for weekday. Try making chalant during the weekdays. There's no way in the world it's going to taste. It's going to have that special, special taste that it has on Shabbos. Machmas goidel kedusha Shabbos. Because of the great holiness of Shabbos. Ki oz Because on Shabbos, the food is drawing from a very high level of holiness. Because the Zohar Kodesh tells us the Shabbos food is like mon. That's one of the reasons why the Halacha tells us that when you put challah on the table for Shabbos, <coughs> Friday night, Shabbos morning, it's supposed to have a covering on bottom of it and on top of it. You have a cover on top of the challah, and the challah is also supposed to be on a special platter or plate or something, just like the mon was delivered in a sandwich, in a sense. It was covered on top and on bottom. So too, the most important element of the Shabbos meal, the lechem mission of Shabbos, should be covered on top and on bottom. V'alkein tafshil shel Shabbos and that's why the Gemara tells us that the foods cooked and prepared for Shabbos give off this powerful smell. The tamoy toy and it has the best, it's the best tasting. 
כמו יש שם רבי סנינו זלמה, אז דגמורה says, טבלן אחד יש לנו ושבת שמו. I believe Rabbi Akiva was speaking to one of the non-Jewish leaders, and they spoke about the, the Shabbos food, and Rabbi Akiva told him, the Shabbos food has a special spice in it called Shabbos. That's what gives it its fabulous taste. Ki ikar tam hatoiv shebamaychol shel Shabbos hu mikidusha Shabbos koydish. Because that fabulous taste of the Shabbos food is coming from the holiness of Shabbos. Avol b'macholi isur, whereas when we're speaking about non-kosher foods, ein bohem mitzad atzmon shum tam klal. They do not have any good taste at all whatsoever <coughs> themselves, by themselves. Me'ach ha'she'en bohem toiv kanal, because they don't have this goodness in them. V'afilu atam she'yesh bohem, hu'rak me'bechinas ma'at ha'toiv she'nof ha'lashon. And any taste that they do have is only coming from that little bit of toiv that has fallen into the klipos, into this ra. Because even in non-kosher foods, there are some of these holy sparks. However, those holy sparks are in a terrible exile, a terrible, bitter exile, when they're in these non-kosher foods. As the Pesach says, like birds which are caught in a trap. Because they are trapped inside there, they're imprisoned. These holy sparks are imprisoned in these non-kosher foods in a terrible golos. And they cannot get out of there until the future. When we'll see the fulfillment of the Pesach, that death will be eliminated eternally. And Hashem says, I will remove the spirit of impurity from the world. However, now these holy sparks are trapped and imprisoned over there in a major exile. And we do not have the ability today to be able to refine them, to be able to give them their tikkun. And that's why those foods are forbidden to us. And it's for this reason that we call non-kosher food isur. Because of the fact that the holy sparks that are inside there are imprisoned there in a major prison, in this prison steel, it's like steel bars. And when we say that the, the klipos are attached to these forbidden foods, it's only for this reason, because of the fact that there are holy sparks in there. Because the klipos always try to attach themselves in a place where there is holiness. As the Arizal explains this in many places throughout his writings, 
Ayin Be'etzchayim Shar HaKlolim. Look over there, especially in one of the beginning books of the writings of the Arizal, where he explains this. V'yalkein, and therefore, Kisho Isur Nifgam, when this non-kosher food spoils, V'hatam Yoitzimimenu, the original taste leaves it, V'nase Afra Bialma, and it becomes like a piece of, like a clot of dirt, Azai Choyzer Leheter, at that point, it loses its forbiddenness. It becomes permissible. Because it no longer has any taste. And the good that was trapped inside of there, to which the negativity was attached to, has left it. Proof is there's no taste, and it's tasteless at this point. It's become like a piece of dirt. Alkane choyzer leheter. That's why that originally non-kosher item becomes permissible. Ki ein Because the klipois are no longer active there. They're not attached to anything. Rak kolzman toiv. It's only... As long as there was a little bit of goodness inside of there, the Hainu is a Nitzotzakodosh, some kind of a holy spark. Shemishom Bo Hatam Kanal, and that's what gave this non kosher food its taste. Shezer Bechinas Hechleyatmurois. This is a concept that's discussed in Sifre Kabbalah of the Chamber of Changes where good and bad get switched around, where good goes into bad and bad can become good. And that's what gives the forces of Tuma, the Klippos, their ability to latch on. Meaning that sometimes good switches to bad. Meaning, meaning, Something that's totally evil, it's complete waste matter and filth. She'en boy shum tam klal. It has no taste to it at all whatsoever. Ki hu rav omar legamri. It's totally bad and bitter. Yimoshech liatzmoi tam toiv. Has the ability to draw to itself good taste. From those holy sparks that became damaged and as a result fell into this non kosher food, became exiled in this non kosher food. To the point where it looks to us as if this tray food has taste or it tastes great or something, not knowing that it's not the tray food that has taste. Tray food is tasteless. It's because it has some of this, this holy spark inside of it. That's what's giving it the taste. Whereas in reality, the tray food itself has no taste at all whatsoever. We've mentioned in the past, there's a Pesach in Tehillim, chapter 107, which the Baal Shem Tov quotes, where the Pesach says, Re'evim, Gam Tzemeim, they're hungry and also thirsty because Nafsham Bohem Tisatov, because there are souls that are wrapped inside the food and drink. 
That's why Hashem made it that we should be hungry and thirsty, so that we should make a bracha and be careful to what to eat and when we eat and how we eat, and thereby be able to release and elevate those souls that are trapped inside of those foods. But now Rav Nosson is explaining to us what non-kosher food is all about and where it gets its taste from. The Alkane and therefore, once that taste, that good taste, has left that forbidden item, Venasa Afrabialma, and it became like a piece of dirt, it became tasteless, Chozar Leheter. At that point, that non kosher piece of meat, or whatever it is, is considered permissible. Because this is how we bring about the downfall of the klipa, which is the treif. When the good that was inside of there leaves it. And then that treif doesn't have what to draw on. Because the only way <coughs> that these evil forces have power is when they're able to draw from holiness. Whereas when the holiness leaves it completely, then the klipa, which is the forbiddenness becomes defeated completely, even his battle becomes nullified. Because this is the downfall and the defeat of the Sitra Achra when we succeed in rescuing the holy sparks that were there. This is the whole concept of why we are in Golos. The Gemara says that one of the reasons why the Jews are in Golos is so that Gerim should attach themselves to us by us going into these lands of the non-Jews. So non-Jew, we interact with non-Jews, and those non-Jews that are qualified to be Geirim come and join. What are those Geirim? That's this Toiv. Rabbeinu Zal in chapter 17 of the Kutumran has an incredible explanation of how the whole concept of converts comes about. It's the result of good that was originally in Klal Yisrael that got swallowed up by the Sitrachra, by these other nations. And when Geirim convert, it's that good coming back and joining, being re- reinitiated into Kal Yisrael. And when that happens, the Sitrachra will have a complete and final mapola. When all those non-Jews who don't belong in, in the non-Jews, they belong with the Jews, when all of them leave these non-Jews and join Kal Yisrael, then those non-Jews will have a complete downfall. And therefore, once the, the taste has left that non-kosher food completely, that non-kosher food no longer has the ability to harm us, even if we eat it, even if we eat it. It's powerless. Because its source of nourishment, its source of life, has left it completely. It became like dirt. It went back to its true form. 
כי בחינס איסור בעצם אין בו שום טעם, רק הוא אפרא ביאלמה. Because something that's really non-kosher, something that's trafe, has no taste. It's like dirt. ומאחר שנעשה אופר. And now, once this item became like dirt, and its distance from holiness has become obvious, that's what allows that Isur to, be, to return and become permissible. But if, question in the chat, but if the non-kosher food spoils, do the holy sparks that were trapped in it truly become released? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. The spoilage of the food is an indication that the goodness has left it. We took the battery out. Now, person would say, but one second, we're talking about tray food. You're telling me that tray food can become... Now, Rav Nassim makes a very important, specific point that no matter how far a person come, becomes from Hashem and from holiness, it's possible for the person to return if they can connect to the truth. When the person realizes the real truth, and each person realizes where they are. Because the real negativity, the real problem is the falseness, the lies. Which is what the Hechli Atmuros is all about. It's a place where bad looks good and good looks bad. As the Pasuk says in the Navi, that there are three things that cause the, the world to tremble. Three types of incredible injustices. When a servant wants to become king, and the second one is when a maidservant takes over her boss. The Gemara refers to this as a person who's behaving like a Russia, like Zimri, the Nasi of Shevet Shimon, who committed, who wanted to commit an act of adultery, promiscuity, in front of everybody with a non-Jewish woman, and he wants to be rewarded as if he were a big tzaddik, as if he were Pinchas. Note, this is this week's Parsha. Today, this morning, on Monday morning, we read the beginning of Parsha's Pinchas, where, where this whole story is taking place. Aval but when a person recognizes where they're at, and they realize they're not in a good place. The person realizes that they're far from Hashem. Even though it's really true that at that point in time the person is very far from Hashem, through that recognition of the truth, that can save the person and that can enable the person to return to Hashem. And therefore, even non-kosher food, when it returns to dirt, 
It's no longer giving off good taste. It's no longer making believe it's good. We see it, we're calling a spade a spade. This non-kosher food is nothing. It's dirt, it's, it's garbage. It's like dirt. At that point, it can return to heter. I remember as a child, when the, to today when foods, processed foods are made, there's all kinds of things that are put into there that we have no idea, we would never imagine. One of them is grapes, for example. There are, there are things that can be made from grapes. When the grapes, are, when the grapes are processed a certain way, not turned into wine, but when they're processed a certain way, they turn into a certain component which is used for cakes and other things like that, which preserve the cake, etc. I don't remember all the details. But I remember that one of the issues was, the question is, how are they using the grapes? If they're using the grapes after they no longer are grapes, after they no longer have that taste of grape whatsoever to them whatsoever, that could be considered, then it doesn't damage by putting that into a food, it doesn't make it considered non-kosher at all. A person has to be knowledgeable in these halachas, those, those kosher businesses, not, not just kosher businesses, those kosher groups of rabbis, kashra's supervision, they're the ones that study these halachas very, very carefully, to be able to know when it's nice and tam gam, when not, to what degree you're allowed to use it, whether it's lechat chilo or bedieved. V'alkein, and therefore, achar chet odomarishoin neskalkel hanochosh, neskalel hanochosh. After the sin of Adomarishon, Hashem issued a curse to the snake, and the curse was the offer toichal kol yemei chayecho. You will eat dirt your whole life. Anything that a snake eats tastes like dirt to it. Because this is how we defeat and destroy the tumor of the snake. That it no longer has the ability to operate in the world in a sense. The snake wanted to convince Odom and Chava to eat from the Eitz Hadas so that by them doing that and following the instructions of the snake, this would give the snake the ability to draw from the good that's in the Eitz Hadas. Because this is the main desire and yearning of the Sitrachra to attach itself to good and thereby be able to draw life. And the punishment of the snake was the exact opposite. It was not given the good. And what it had originally was taken away from it. Hashem cursed the snake that it would not be able to draw, to connect to any good. Your eating will only be dirt. Whatever the snake tastes, it tastes like dirt to it. 
It has no ability to draw from any good taste in the world. Everything tastes like dirt to it. And that's what makes it that the snake cannot draw and attach itself to any good. And that's what brings about the weakening of the snake and the downfall of the snake. When something forbidden <coughs> spoils and it becomes like dirt, it loses its taste completely. They, these forces of Tum and Klipa, no longer are attached to it at all. They only cling to something when it has some good in it. And that's why that tray food now can become permissible. And this is also the message in that Pasuk that Rabbein Azal quotes over there in Likutimran, wake up and sing you who are lying in the dirt. Note the choice of words. Lying in the dirt. As the Gemara says over there in Soite, This refers to a person who has tremendous humility. He considers himself, he becomes a neighbor to the dirt. He considers himself small, low, like the dirt. Because by a person recognizing and realizing how low he is, and he considers himself like dirt, as we say at the end of Shmoin Esrei, Hashem, let me be like dirt to everyone. This enables the person to be able to do real tshuva, to return to Hashem. Baruch Hashem. The next halacha, the next discussion on this topic of noisin tam levgam, was already, halacha gimel, was already included in Hilchas Hechshir Kalim, halacha dalid, paragraph memches, which we had earlier. This is a, a, a deep spiritual explanation of what's going on when, when food spoils and, and why the halacha is this way and how the halacha could be this way. Baruch Hashem. Wishing everybody a wonderful day and a good week. Yeshua, we should be zeichet to see the final complete downfall of the Sitra Achra and that the Kiddusha should become complete with the coming of Moshiach. Amen. Amen.